What's up, cuzzies? We're back, and we're early. It's a bonus episode. Bonus episode! I'm Coaster Bro. We got Theme Park Study, and we're about to talk amusement parks and roller coasters. And we actually have a pretty fun rundown today. We're going to be going into the Wayback Machine, and we have a special guest with us. Uh, His name is Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, we're excited to have you. No, but uh, Jeff has a really big history with us. Uh, we're actually the original three back in 2008. Used to work back for the Mamba roller coaster together. And uh, we're going to kind of bring in his stories and uh, our experiences into this show and kind of talk about what it's like to be a ride operator, share some stories, and uh, we're just going to have a damn good time. All so right. Let's get to know Jeff a little bit more. So, Jeff, how about you tell us what you love about theme parks and roller coasters? Oh, it's uh, my my first park as a kid. Shockingly, even though living in Kansas City was not worlds of fun, uh, my first park was Geauga Lake. Rest in peace. Uh, my first roller coaster, the Big Dipper, which uh, is catch flack about here here and there, but um, you know, I that's kind of oddly the standard I hold parks by. Uh, kind of gives me. I, I like to look for, you know, a, a good nostalgia feel. Um, you know, like a lot of people, I'm a sucker for a good skyline. Uh, seeing all those rides as I approach from whatever highway or country road. Um, you know, when I'm in the park, I want to see a good distribution of rides. Like, is the is the park making sure it's paying attention to all of its uh, different kind of guests coming through? Um, I certainly look forward to the parks that have a special food aspect. Like when I visit. Kennywood, I'm super pumped to get to the potato patch or the Mrs. Knott's chicken dinner at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and then I, you know, I just want to see good care in the park, good, good foliage, clean paths, happy employees, all the things that can elevate an experience for somebody's day. You know, it really makes a difference. They're, they're paying to come and have a good time just because, you know, things aren't going great. They don't need to know that. Nice. So if we were to talk about like what you look for in a roller coaster, what, what like your ideal roller coaster, what does it look like? What do you like your yeah, top my, three elements? My personal taste. Um, you know, I look for a good intensity in the rides. I want an adrenaline rush, uh, but you know, no pain like the boss or, <laughs> or you know, like it stole a camera, but, uh, or, or most stand up roller coasters anyway. Um, you know, I, I like to see something unique. Uh, whether it be a specific kind of roller coaster or an element that's you don't really run into too much, um, you know. And I want to see, kind of mentioning the boss again. Uh, you have this ride with a massive footprint, but it's poorly taken care of. So you want to make sure, or you want to see that the ride is taken care of. If it's if it's taken up that much space you want people to come and ride it. And I, when I go to Six Flags St. Louis, the boss is something I don't need to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, Dad, I believe last time you rode it, stole your camera, is that right? Yeah, and it was a buttoned up cargo pocket, so that's nothing short of impressive. Uh, RIP Jeff's camera back in 2009. That was a fun day. <laughs> Probably still down there. <laughs> Not many track walks happening at the boss. Yeah. Not a lot. All right, Jeff, well, how about you list out some of your favorite theme parks 
or Mizuno? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of have my ranking set. Um, you know, none of these parks are probably the biggest or baddest or anything like that. But, you know, for one reason or another, they, uh, they mean something to me. So I'd say my, my favorite park, if I could visit any day of any day of the year would be Kennywood. Um, just a fantastic distribution of rides, several rides of which are around a hundred years old and better taken care of than rides at other parks that are, um, 10 years old so uh, fantastic food <laughs> do what prowler <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe we'll get a new roller coaster sometime in the next 15 years Don't breath. thinking of real quick sorry to cut you off jeff but did yeah. you see on twitter the battle between kentucky kingdom and worlds of fun yeah and i didn't understand how kentucky kingdom walked away with that but i've also never been there so <laughs> Oh, they buried him with the uh, 2009. No new roller coasters since 2009. Go get your daddy Cedar Fair. Like that wasn't the rhyme, but yeah. Yeah, that was the, that was probably the best clapback I've ever seen. Yeah, just it was a lot better dish than what Worlds of Fun is trying to dish out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta give him props though. That was that was pretty good too. But um, gotcha. Kentucky Kingdom definitely won that rap battle. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, Kenny Wood like. I'd never ridden a roller coaster that had a, I forget what the element's called, but on Jackrabbit where you're going down the hill, it pops out and... Double down. Double down. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, it's just, even though it's from the 20s, that's something unique and you don't really see on any other ride. And it was fantastic and I couldn't stop laughing when I got off. Um, so, you know, Kennywood, any day of the year. Um, the uh, the next park on the list would probably be Holiday World. Uh, fantastic collection of good wooden roller coasters. I've not been since they added um, Wild Eagle. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. My apologies. That's Dollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll get it right one of these days. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Holiday World. Um, some of the best food out there. Uh, fantastic theming. Uh, legendary wooden roller coasters that. Um, I can only hope have stood the test of time. Um, fantastic water park uh, and free soda. <laughs> so all in on free drinks, man. Yeah, gotta keep them hydrated with the with the sugar. <laughs> um, after that, I would say you know I have to hop back to Geauga Lake. Um, that's kind of where my my <laughs> my my mental uh ideals were set for what a park should be um a lot of my oldest memories are from geauga lake and it just if i could have it back i absolutely would so you guys could enjoy it with me now did you get to visit geauga lake in like it's prime when it was like a super park just like companies pumping money into it i think it was six flags was kind of a time yeah, where it was like so i i was there both previous to Six Flags ownership, I think when it was Premier, I can't remember the ownership company, but um, I was before uh, when it was split into Geauga Lake and a SeaWorld. Um, yes, there was a SeaWorld in Ohio. It was hilarious, but uh, yeah, and there was like a long bridge that connected the two if you really wanted to walk across for that. But, uh, and then uh, I want to say it was in I don't remember what year Six Flags purchased it, but they purchased both sides and 
it became a, a, a single park. And then after that, Cedar Fair took over before its uh, eventual closure in 2007. And I believe my last visit, I want to say, was in 2005 or six. Um, so I got I got kind of the the main three modern stages, I would say. Um, but a, a lot of fantastic memories made there. Yeah, I will say like. I am jealous that I never got to visit like Geauga Lake in its prime because it's like going back and looking at that lineup. Oh, it is. It's just wildly good. So I, we, I know we give you a lot of crap for trying to save it. Credits, something like that. Sorry. Yeah. No, we give you a lot of crap for uh, donating money to try to save the place, but. My $50 in 2008. <laughs> Did you ever get it back? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank God. I didn't expect to, but I got it back like four or five months later when they gave up. There you go. I think that's worth it. <laughs> I tried. Right. At least I can say I tried. Cool, cool, cool. All right. All right. So, Jeff, you? when we uh, – you worked at Worlds of Fun, like, before us, right? Yeah, my first season uh, was in 2006. Um, I was coming off of working at a roller skating rink where I also played hockey, and uh, I was just looking for – for a job, at least for the summer, and you know, was playing a lot of roller coaster tycoon around then. So I was like, "Well, we got a park here. Let's go apply." And uh, started in June of 2006. Uh, 2006 and 2007 were spent out there in Camp Snoopy working at the, the Wacky Worm. Oh, so you were you were when it was Camp Snoopy? Yeah. Oh man, that's day. old school. Uh, now that's the Wacky Worms. Now the Cosmic Coaster. Yeah. <sighs> miss that uh big apple but lots of lots of good memories made there in the formative years um got the uh oh i did the cornerstone pin in 2006 after only being there for three months so that was nice too i thought i was getting fired when all of my all the managers showed up at once but uh i was also 16 so um and then yeah going into uh the 2008 season uh they gave me from what I can recall, the the option to be lead at whatever ride I wanted to, and I picked Mamba. And uh, kind of leading into that season. Um, so yeah, as I recall, um, Theme Park Stud and I were in Miss Roller's uh, math class at uh, Raytown South High School there in 2008, our senior year. And uh, I said, hey, Theme Park Stud, uh, what are you doing this summer? And uh, I think you mentioned that you were looking for a job. And I said, you want to come work at Worlds of Fun with me? Uh, and uh, kind of the rest is history there. He got the job. He joined yes. the crew. Yeah, so a little backstory of uh, Jeff and I's history. Uh, we grew up playing soccer together, really against each other. And then um, in high school, we, we played high school together for four years. And, um, and yeah, so he, he said, hey, come work at Worlds of Fun. And he said, yeah, you get hired, no, no problem. Just tell him that Mamba's your favorite ride and then put you there and you can work with me. So that's how it happened. It was a good time. Uh, we we got a, a fantastic crew there together, uh, training in uh, – did we show up in February or March? Or was Say it what? January? Training. Say what? I think it was like March. Uh, yeah, training started in March. Um, okay. And our first day, uh, you know, we went, to, we went to the Mamba. We got trained by uh, – Jeff, who was the only lead at the time, and a supervisor named Nick Bierbauer, which who knows my head. Shout out, Nick. Um, I saw him a few yeah. months ago. 
And it was our first time meeting Coaster Bro, so. Yeah, I was just a uh, backstory on me, just a Coaster Bro, wanting to work at Coaster. Saw these two guys, they looked like some normal people, so we started talking, we became friends. And then uh, I got my first impression of Jeff uh, halfway up the Mamba lift hill. <laughs> it, uh, it speaks fantastically <laughs> for the park when the lead they put in charge has, at that point, a pretty massive fear of heights and on our lift walk. <laughs> yeah, so all, all of our all of our listeners out there, any whenever you work at a roller coaster or any ride, really, you got to go through all the emergency procedures. And at roller coasters, obviously, the trains can get stopped at different places, like the hills and the lift hills and other blocks. So we had to be able to walk up it. So um, yeah, Jeff, our fearless leader, decided to start heading up. Yeah, uh, so got to about the halfway point. It was a very cold, windy day. I could uh, feel the, the swaying beneath me. and uh, oh, There was the, like the 20 fear. of us on that lift hill, too. It was swaying hard. <laughs> yeah, the, the fear absolutely took hold. So I uh, turned tail and walked right back through everybody and back down. I, I returned later in the week and uh, finished that lift walk by myself, well, with uh, my supervisor at the time. But um yeah, it uh, it was a good look for the first day. My favorite part was when we were looking down at Detonator, and you said, oh, my God, we're looking down at Detonator. And then they're like, we're probably like 170 feet in the air, and, like, everybody just has to, like, navigate around your ass uh, with you, like, holding on to the handrail and us just, like, going around you with, like, no handrail on the track side. <laughs> it was, like – the, the most terrifying part was going around you for sure. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably a lot more unsafe going around someone versus just continuing up. <laughs> would have been absolutely ideal if we were anchored, but uh, such was not the case. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, a, that was just a great first impression. And you recovered, I'd say. Um, you know, we're, we're still friends, so yeah. we all got over that. Yeah, yeah that lift hill was wild. Now, one of my favorite memories was seeing Theme Park Stud, like, in his prime athletic shape, run up that lift hill 205 feet. And when there a time you went up there, you just, like, were completely – you couldn't talk. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, – and this has happened multiple times, but anytime the ride shuts down, I, I love going up the lift hill. So you just start running because you got to get up there because people obviously freaking out, of course. They're up there almost mm -hmm. feet in the air. So they're freaking out. So you're gonna get up there quickly. So I'm taking these steps. I'm doing my I'm doing my damn thing. And I'm taking like two steps at a time, going up there. And I get up there and I'm like, hey, how's everyone? <gasps> <laughs> and I, I was like, is everyone all right? Like I'm about to vomit on the back car. And like literally the the guests that were sitting in the back seat was like, Are you okay? We're fine. Are you okay? Um, so yeah. A lot, lot of good times running up that lift. <laughs> so for any future listeners, if you ever work at a roller coaster, take your time going up that lift hill. <laughs> Best way to do it uh, is like run three quarters of the way to the train and then the last three quarters kind of walk it with purpose so you can kind of regain your breath and then you can talk to the patrons while you get there. Oh, there you go. And definitely uh, develop a nose for the scent of vomit because the roller coaster that goes 75 miles an hour and somebody throws stuff, it's all over all the cars behind it. Do y'all remember that time that uh, somebody on like row three 
just like threw up behind themselves and just like scattered all over the train. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. I don't know if you guys that's, were there for that, but that's a good lesson, by the way, for why you don't take your cell phone on a, out on a roller coaster because then <laughs> it goes and hits somebody behind you. Yeah, or somebody may puke on it. All you people wanting to do the uh, unlicensed point of views. Or your weave might fall off. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have a really good weave story um, on a day that I, I believe that Jeff and I were off. I did. Um, so I was working at the panel. So I was pretty much the one operating the ride and the one on the microphone. And uh, basically, um, the ride went and um, there's this uh, lady front seat and she had this kind of like uh, real kind of afro curly hair and um you know I, when she comes back i realized something was a little bit different her hair was a lot shorter and she's like dying laughing and everything like that and i look in the back of the car i'm back at the train someone on the last row literally is holding up this this wig this weave of this afro that fell off so on her weave came out and someone in the back of the train caught it it was waving around like a trophy. It was one of the best I've ever seen there. I just picture people on the unload station there just like celebrating that the weave has been saved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone was laughing. Everyone's clapping. Because obviously, this is like the first row going all the way to, up to the back row. So everyone on the train saw this, this thing fly by. And then everyone's like laughing in the station. It was one of those times. Uh, a busy, uh, it was a busy day, too. So there's a lot of people in the station, too. So it was a good time. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great story there. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite ones was, uh, Jeff, you, you went to Magic Mountain. Do you remember what month that was? Is that like early on in the season? I, I want to say it was June or July. It was a graduation gift from my parents that we were doing a road trip out to California and back. Yeah. And like you didn't have a, an assistant lead. So you were just working like all the time. And that was like your first vacation, if I, if I remember right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I want to say it was either late May or early June. Nice. You were, I think, the day you were at Six Flags, Theme Park Stud and I had a really good idea. And um, we gave you a phone call. Do you remember what that phone call was? Oh, absolutely. And actually, I wasn't at the park yet. Uh, we were still on the road on the way out there, and I was sitting in the back seat, and I get a phone call. Um, we were at, prior to my leaving for my vacation we were told that the ceo of our company would be visiting uh mr dick kinzel and uh before actually like right before i left found out um he wasn't coming at all so we had really kind of done all these preparations um so i you know i felt i was leaving the crew in a good place and then uh, get this phone call while you guys were gone saying oh uh hey he showed up anyway, uh, and the Mamba's on fire. So uh, I was sitting there, uh, 18, having a panic attack in the back of my car because that's something uh, that was a worst-case scenario for me. Uh, you actually believed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> Gullible, Kinsel's totally here, did. and he's got a fire extinguisher. He wants to put it out. <laughs> the best part was the park wasn't even open yet. <laughs> it wasn't it was like yeah. didn't we do it like during opening checks or something yeah it was like eight in the morning and something like that in the parking open at nine 
Hey, the, the the time difference is it's hard to math that. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing I want to I want to talk about our legacy there because it's 2020, and if you go there as of 2019, at least every time there's a dispatch, there's like a routine that the crew does and that the guests do in the station. And we actually have our guest here. Jeff is the person that created that. He's kind a legend. Sort of. I'll, I'll call it a team effort. Um, I'm trying to remember how it happened specifically. So um, I know we were, me and Nick were in front of all you guys, you know, kind of in the, the orientation to the ride and everything. And uh, they were really making a push for, each ride having its own special thing, uh, and, you know, trying to get the employees to be creative to help the guests have a good time. And we were, we were kind of racking our brains there and, uh, you know, uh, thinking about a newer movie at the time, Dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned, hey guys, uh, what if uh, after we, we say uh, sit upright, hold on tight because the Mamba is about to strike, we all just... Uh, clap her thighs and, and, and hiss and uh, it stuck apparently because 12 uh, well at least 11 years later it's uh, the get or the uh, the employees are still doing it and I, I know even in our year um, some folks that worked at other rides near us were pretty darn sick of hearing it. Here the Nile right down the hill was like will you please stop <laughs> But, dude, like, if, if the employees don't do it now, there's, like, guests in line that are, like, doing it. Like, it's a it's a Kansas City movement is yeah, what it is. I, I, I do remember, like, the year of visiting uh, a Walmart, like, out in Lee Summit or something. Somebody just points out and goes, hey, you're the Mamba guy. I was like, <laughs> all right. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of them. <laughs> we oh, have a few. That's but, pretty cool, uh, man. Yeah. All so right. uh, it, it is neat to see something like that stick around for so long. Yeah, because I can't think of anything else at the park, honestly, that um, has stuck around like that. You know, there was, there was kind of like a rap battle thing going on between rides for a few years that uh, kind of went a little bit out of hand. I think Theme Park said, weren't you kind of the guy that – Yeah, I kind of the one that – I'm the one that kind of started that, just another ride. <laughs> you remember the rhyme off the top of your head? Um, like the, the OG. I mean, the, we made so many of them. Like, I remember one was like, uh, let me try and think of some. Uh, there was one that like, um, like this one was about spinning dragons. We were trying to just, I um, was like, I was like, you know, we're not the spinning dragons. We don't spin you around all the time. No, that's not right. I was like, no, no, it was, um, we're not the spinning dragons. We don't spin you around. This is no, the no, Mamba. No. It's about to go down. Yeah, there's that. And I think there's, I had one for Cyclone Sands, which is what I was trying to think of. I was like, you know, this is not Cyclone Sands. We're not going to make your head spin. Like DJ Khaled said, all we do is win. <laughs> all I do is win, win, win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anytime you can sneak you DJ Khaled into a roller coaster rhyme, I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. We had a lot. I wish I wrote them down. That was a lot of fun, but... It didn't stick around like like the Mamba Strike did, and I think that's going to stick around to whenever they tear down that ride, which would be years and years from now. So I really think so too. I think that's something that just very. I think I'm surprised there's not a T-shirt by now, to be honest. 
Ooh, t-shirt idea. Ooh, right t-shirt. You <laughs> get like Jeff's signature on it too, like the Mamba guy. Like, I'll do like the uh, Declaration of Independence and just have like our crew sign it. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. Gina, and uh, shout out though to the real Mamba guy, Dan the Maintenance Man. Oh. So there, we Coaster Bro and myself went into him last summer. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, one of our drunken escapades at uh, Oceans of Fun that we yeah <laughs> often repeat. <laughs> I Ready still have a maintenance man. I still have a letter from him somewhere. I asked uh, I asked him to uh, write down a little something for me because I was getting ready to head off to oh, school yeah? for engineering. I wanted write to design down a little something for you. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I sure did. Yeah. Uh, Mm. I, you know, just from a maintenance perspective, what they'd like to see. Oh yeah, you from, that maintenance. From the ride design. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I, one thing I want to talk before we uh, wrap up the show here. Well, uh, real, quick, real quick, real quick. I have an idea. Let's all share our favorite memories from that season that brought us all together. Ooh. I'll start. All right. So one of my favorite things, um, and this is just the first story that popped into my head, but I, I actually don't think Jeff was there for this one. Um, but we definitely shared it and giggled about it at one point. So three of our like worst employees <laughs> once, like I think either theme park stud or I were left in charge of the ride and we were like, screw it, we're going on break. And we just left the three worst employees that we had at the ride. Because <laughs> we wanted to go on break together. Yeah, because we wanted to go on break together. Like, so, like, if you ever go to a theme park and you're like, wow, these people are no good, just understand that some of the good people are on break. But anyway, we were joking about, like, on the way back, like, we're going to walk back to the ride, and the guy at the ride operator is going to be at the panel, and the whole ride's going to be burnt down. And he's just going to turn to us and be like, I don't know what happened. Like, I remember that being one of my favorite stories and just, uh, you know, not everybody on the crew was um, exceptional by any means. So it's like, it was kind of fun to just. That's pretty typical you find in amusement parks. You have some great employees and you have some that are. <laughs> not great. Not so good. And you need but... them. That's, that's, the, that's the, the thing though. You need them. That's what makes the nice little charm happens at mm -hmm. those parks. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite memories. Um, it's just like, <laughs> it just sounds so terrible. Uh, it's not really one time, but it just sounds like we kind of did this a lot. Like we used to get so excited when, and, and granted we were doing our jobs fantastic, you know, cause this is what we have to do because safety comes first. But we had like little cheat codes that we would kind of like say, that was like little special codes for height requirements. Um, so if we saw a, a child uh, that was in the line that may maybe a little bit too short. We'd say this code over and row them in and whatnot. And we said Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, I. That was for the rail sitters. Yeah, ah. it was rail sitters. Um, Jolly Ranger. <laughs> I don't. Think it was Jolly Ranger. Um, we yeah we had codes for a lot of things, even very attractive females that you may have saw in line as well. Um, but. <laughs> One of the things that we did was uh, we get so excited when we would catch a kid that was too short, which sounds terrible when it comes to guest service side of things, but I don't know, it gave us a little bit of joy in our lives during the time, so. I just remember like you'd be at load and like a kid would be too short and just start crying. 
and then like we'd make eye contact with each other and like where nobody could see it we would just be like <laughs> fist bumping hey. and then just one of my other sense. one of my other i have two memories um jeff i don't think you were here for this one i think you may have left that day but it was the fourth of july and the good stuff only happens when i'm gone um so because the mischief was allowed to happen you were our boss so we could just do whatever we wanted yeah i think you were i think you were the <laughs> opening lead that day um he was oh and i worked a mid-shift and i pre- i'm pretty sure costa bro also worked a mid-shift that day mm-hmm. and we both got extended the clothes because it was literally like a gang central out there world of fun that day back in 2008 and pretty much like our supervisor had to come up and they're like, hey, we need two people that are ruined, like assertive. That's going to not be a no, someone. That's not what she said. She said, I need two people that are not going to put up with any shit. That's what she said. Swear to God, that was a direct quote. <laughs> so, uh, so Costa bro and, I, and, I, and myself totally volunteered for this because we don't put up for shit. And uh, <laughs> on the queue to like stop line jumpers and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure it was multiple times we thought we were going to get shanked out there. So, but it was a great time. One of my favorite memories ever at Worlds of Fun, especially that year. That was, that was just the best time, just kicking out line jumpers. Like, I remember a guest getting in, like, a supervisor's face and, like, one of the supervisors talking about how she does karate, and it was just like, okay. <laughs> People were throwing off, like, firecrackers off the mamba. Like, it was, it was insane. I th- I think by far that that had to be the worst like guest day ever was July fourth two thousand eight, and I don't think that it got picked up by the media. Thank God, because it was. I think every theme park has those days. Um, you know, thankfully that was a day that was before social media, where everybody pulls out their camera phones and records. But oh God, we would have been slaughtered. <laughs> we would have got slaughtered. Oh. Are there any big ones that uh, jump out to you, Jeff? Um, mine is more of like a, an operational pride, uh, seeing us all come together and do our, our absolute best on a Skills USA night. One of oh, the very yeah. one of the very few uh, times where we ran three train operation and we were we were just humming along, man. Um, I, honestly, so aside from that, if I have to pick something that's uh, a little less appropriate. Um, I'm to this day not sure if it ever happened, but uh, I think you guys had also convinced me that uh, Theme Park Stud leaned into a, a frightened child's ear during the load sequence and told him that he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we uh, <laughs> we found like some very confident, you know, smaller riders that just meet the high requirement that are riding by themselves but you could tell in mind that they're confident but they're also a little nervous and not sure what's going on you know they they, they want to ride but they're like a little scared still so the coaster bro and myself would uh start shaking their lap bar because it had a little bit of a little bit of a give in it um but it was totally fine and they would lean over them and say like i'm not really sure about this one and, and then uh the other person would reach over shake it again and say, i'm not sure and eh, he'll be all right and then we keep we keep keep it moving from there. And then uh, um, I never actually did whisper in a kid's ear, told him he was actually going to die. But we did joke about it many times. And I he mostly of, just wanted to do it. Yeah, a lot of the heart. A lot of stories like that where they convince me that they did a thing while I was gone, which is why all the good <laughs> stuff happened while I was gone, because I was pretty uptight when I was eighteen. Oh yeah, it's like when I jumped over the track at one point. Nobody's ever done that. 
Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> all right. So just to kind of finish up the show, um, think about like when we were all 18, 19, and uh, just working at the parks together, like those work conditions were like terrible. We were working like 50 hour weeks. Like Jeff at the time, I don't, you're probably working into overtime, weren't you? As like a early on, yeah, because I didn't really have an option. I was, I was told pretty quickly to try and identify some quality folks to fill in as uh, temporary leads, and both of you uh, filled that famously. Honestly, through the end of the season, I'm not sure why either of you weren't made assistant lead because we had, uh, I mean, nothing against the people we did have, but uh, my opinion, not the same quality. Oh, yeah, I actually got offered a position at the Boomerang, and I was like, hell no. Like, I'm going to hang out with my <laughs> bros, and we're going to have a good time. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be the lead of a coma Boomerang. Are you kidding me? That's one of few rides to actually make me vomit for some reason. <laughs> I, I did not get offered because um, everyone thought I was a douchebag, but it's all good. <laughs> well, we, we kind of were at that age. I don't know. We never deserved yeah, it. Yeah, totally, totally was, yes. Yeah, like, we were idiots at the age of 18, but. Uh, can, can confirm. We matured a little bit. A little bit. No, but I just remember nights going to Waffle House after a midnight close or IHOP and, you know, Jeff throwing up in the bathroom from too much sweet tea. No, that was uh, that was Matt. Oh, that was our buddy Matt. I could have sworn you did it once, too. Not from sweet tea, but uh, I, I did. As, as the years have gone on, I don't really handle rides that go backwards so well anymore. So Boomerang <laughs> definitely got to me. Yeah, there was a time uh, we rode Boomerang together. You were sitting right next to me, and we got through the whole ride, and I saw you just vomit inside of your mouth, and then you somehow held it in. And so your restraint got locked. Your, your shoulder harness was the only one that didn't come up at the end of the ride. You were sitting there with vomit in your mouth. They had to manually release it, and you went and threw up over the, over the railing, which was – That's willpower. It's the most impressive thing I've seen – Probably in this decade. I was, I was really impressed by that. Like, the, the employees were, like, thanking you for that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my love letter to uh, any Worlds of Fun employee that's ever been. Because I have a, a story from the flip side of that, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. That sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, before we sign off, make sure you check us out on social. We are on Facebook. Find us Coaster Cuzzies on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And we are also, this is an announcement. Can I get a hip hop air horn from somebody? Wow, that was so high pitched. I don't think it came up, but we're on YouTube. We are on YouTube. That's right. We have exactly 57 seconds worth of content on YouTube. So it's easy to catch up. Find us Coaster Cuzzies on YouTube and um, yeah. yeah, and coming soon, uh, Coaster Bros been working on a website, and also we would love to get some feedback, anything they have, any kind of topics you want to talk about, you know, hit us up on social or send us to our email on coastercuzzies at gmail.com. That's right, and just to tease the next episode, we are going to be inviting Jeff back again, and we're going to be ranking the parks of Disney World. Check us out next week as well. Um, usually we're on that bi-weekly schedule. We got a bonus episode today, and uh, we'll be seeing you all next week. Yeah, stay fly, America. You know what to do. What he said. Thanks for having me. <laughs>